0: All right, let's get going. This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to the 81st episode of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have The Checkup with Dr. O, yours truly. We have our trailer breakdown for the limited series, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And then we have our review of Pixar's Turning Red, along with our top billing tiers of Pixar films. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy the 81st episode. Of the drive-in podcast. Welcome to the eighty-first episode of the drive-in podcast. Shout out Terrell Owens, Ricky Flex. How are you? This is Doctor O on the horn. We are coming off our string of episodes related to the batman we're coming off a high i feel like we're garnering more and more listeners every week and we have to turn up the heat for a non-batman podcast with the pixar tiering. ricky flex how pumped are you to get into it today
1: we're gonna be covering one of the most controversial things in the movie industry the pixar rankings this is what people like you have like a few things you have oh like who sh- people have never won an oscar who should have won an oscar this year or that year you have best superhero movies you have even just disney princesses we will go there down that road best musicals whatever but at the end of the day this is the pixar rankings might be the one to one topic that gets people heated the most so it's going to be we got we're, we're on thin boundaries here thin boundaries. <laughs>
0: I feel like we're breaking a mold in the movie podcast industry. I think everyone's been afraid to tackle this subject. Uh, we have uh, Pixar breaking ground, exploring diverse characters, exposing their audience to different parts of the world. And we all think it's great and it is great. But when it comes down to it, who? what is the God tier? Who is in the hall of very good? Who is just a solid movie? And then who are the rejects? That's what we will decide and define for the listeners today. I couldn't be more excited. But before we get into the news and we get into our review and our tears, Ricky Flex, I must ask, what have we been watching?
1: So, obviously, turning red probably the episode title, that's our review today. But I, I did watch another thing. And I'll tell you what, Doctor, I was really looking forward to this when I heard about this project getting started and it was such a letdown i turned it off halfway through and that is the adam project <laughs> the adam it it project off. was so bad in my opinion i thought it was awful
0: wow that's harsh Ricky. i i finished it i did not think it was awful i uh i think it was solid i don't i think <sighs> it was perfect for a netflix like release it borrows a lot from other time travel esque movies there's definitely some things that were drawbacks. I'm sure we're about to talk about here, but I'm interested in what made you turn it off halfway through. I, ha- I thought it had some charming performances. I felt like I was watching Ryan Reynolds and mini Ryan Reynolds. It was almost like Austin Powers with Dr. Evil and mini me as I was watching it. it gave me those vibes, but I thought this was one of the better Reynolds performances where he was doing some emotion compared to him just playing himself for most films. Like we just saw in free guy. So what made you turn it off? Such a short time through.
1: Yeah. So I got to like an hour of it. And I think that I do agree. Reynolds, like he shows some depth here. I did like him, but I did not like the kid. I did not like it. I understood. And I, I think it was a good idea. And I still think it could be in, the, in a future project. Not this. Sorry, this one, I pun not intended there that it could work. This could work. But I think the time traveling aspect of it, they were trying to cover a lot of different aspects of this movie, not just the time traveling period, but uh, uh, not not just the time traveling aspect, but also this relationship, the loss of their father, the mom, Jennifer Gardner, I thought was awful as well. (laughs) And what I saw she was terrible. Jeez, Ricky,
0: throwing shots so early in the podcast. This thing got me heated. It got me heated. I'm in disagreement, dude.
1: I just didn't like it. I really didn't.
0: I didn't. I didn't like it for such different reasons. I don't know if your mind was in a haze or something after it. The kid was pretty charming. He has some emotional depth himself. He actually, if I had to do a criticism on him, he was just trying so hard to be Ryan Reynolds. You know, you could tell he was yes. a fan, right? You could tell like he loves his work. And uh, there's a great fourth wall break in the during the final act of the movie. I will not spoil for you, Ricky Fluke, because I do think you should finish it. Okay. My drawbacks for the movie, first of all, leans too hard on previous time travel films in terms of like the story in terms of the themes i felt like i was watching back to the future future uh, mashed up with field of dreams that uh, those are the two movies that kept like popping up in my brain every time i saw the the the, Re- the ryan reynolds and kid interact and then you throw mark ruffalo in the mix i don't even think you got to the mark ruffalo part ricky flicks
1: so i did <laughs> I didn't. And that's another That's problem. an
0: important part of the movie. And he was good in this movie too. But like the what I would also say, this movie tries to have this action aspect, fails. It has some pretty cool technology being used, but I don't think the way they the actors or the stunt doubles, whoever's doing it, I don't think it looked like it was very professional, right? With that staff thing they're using Reynolds wielding it, it just didn't look natural whatsoever. And then, like most time travel movies, this is my beef with Avengers Endgame is that the rules aren't clear for time travel, and a lot of like the exposition talk really bogged the movie down. And uh, I really didn't, didn't sense love that of aspect. The Zoe Zaldana aspect also I didn't really buy. That was terrible. I, like, yeah, I was just like, there's too many emotional strings you're trying to pull right now. But if they just focused on the trio with Ruffalo, uh, Walter Scofield, and Ryan Reynolds, and had that be the focus. It could have been a very good movie, but uh, like this is like a classic Netflix movie now, where it wouldn't. This is like an action film that is a great family sit-down adventure that would have done well back in like the mid two thousands. That just doesn't translate as well to theaters now. Uh, mm-hmm. Sean Levy, who we're gonna talk about later on, director of Deadpool three, recently announced he's uh, an expert in these type of like like funny uh, PG to PG thirteen family romps. And I think this was like a perfect outlet for him and Reynolds to like collaborate. So I thought it worked out well. So I'm not as much of a hater. What else didn't you like about?
1: Now, I think you, I think you pretty much summed it up. The so Zaldana thing I thought was like, so that was bad. I thought it was terrible, but that got me thinking, doctor during the movie. Hey, I love so Zaldana. and I don't have beef with her at all in her performance. Right? I just think the whole character and that aspect was just thrown into the movie to add 30 minutes to the movie, but I digress. Do you know how old she is?
0: Uh, I would guess mid forties. Yes, she's forty three. Yeah, she's been around, dude. I know she's been around. But when was like, Colombiana? I know, like it's that's old. She she's got to be Reynolds is probably older though. He's got to be like my guess. Reynolds is forty seven. That's my guess. And the survey says he's forty five. Ah, two years off. So that, yeah, okay.
1: I was just like, dang, like we're getting old. Like she's getting old. Like this is, again. This is not a shot at her at all. I love her, but Reynolds is getting old. Like it's just it was crazy to look at this movie and just see like these people on the screen that you think that like in your mind you're like oh like this is young Hollywood. It's like no, not anymore. Like not at all. Uh
0: huh. Like the fourth wall break is pretty good. Uh, I might okay. even just send you send you the video from my uh, Netflix account. It, it's pretty good. It relates to Reynolds it. and his career. But there was also a video that went viral. Reynolds recording Scoble, like the, the guy who plays young him in the movie, reciting the beginning of Deadpool 2 in his back seat. He was just so much of a fan. That's like, it really translated. Yeah, this guy was a perfect choice, like to be this like snarky type of character that you can imagine that Reynolds ends up becoming, you know, Reynolds as a kid. I thought it matched up pretty well. But what else have you been watching other than the Adam Project, Ricky Flex? See if we match up.
1: So in the right side of my screen or over my right shoulder, you see the Magic Johnson poster. I'm a huge Lakers fan, as you, as you are. I watched Winning Time, the first episode last Sunday. The second one comes out this Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. I watched the first one. I think a lot of people love it. I like it, don't love it. I think some of the aspects of the Adam McKay, like the break in the fourth wall, I think John C. Riley as Dr. Bus is perfect, and I like his fourth wall break. Other people, not so much. I think it's inconsistent. I think it's a little too much, a little too meta as well, some of the references and some of the things that Matt McKay does. But I think it's awesome so far, and the only other thing I didn't really like is the previous owner of the Lakers. I didn't think he was very good at actor, uh, a very good actor in this episode. We won't be Tuck. seeing him. Yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing him for the rest of the series because, and I won't spoil it, I guess, even though it's kind of obvious. But uh, like, yeah, I thought he was bad. But I think going forward, this first episode really set up what this series is going to be very well, and I actually really enjoyed it, and I'm looking forward to the rest of the season.
0: I'm in agreement with you this uh, this time, Ricky Flex. I found that Winning Time, at the beginning, I was turned off a little bit by all the, by all the flash and flair that was coming from uh, McKay here. And you kind of expect that coming from the director of the big short and all the Will Ferrell movies that came prior to it. And then you also have like the extreme cuts and editing of Don't Look Up. And you see that those elements here with Winning Time. Uh, the break in the fourth wall, I agree. It just should have been like... Uh, John C. Riley doing it, and John C. Riley honestly murders this part. And I know yeah. Will Ferrell was pissed that he didn't get this part, but it's good that he didn't because John C. Riley kills it. You know who was supposed to get it even before Will Ferrell or John C. Riley? Ricky Flicks? I should know. This, this is no. Michael Shannon was gonna play Jerry oh, Bus. What? Michael Shannon. I think John C. Riley, he's just so likable. And Michael Shannon is not that likable in yeah, his roles. Um, I like he's an incredible actor. He's like, dude, in he does roles. well with a darker side, you know. And the whole I'm point that, of this Jerry Buzz character is to be likable and have a more positive like mentality than the previous owner. So I thought perfect casting. And he really carried this episode. And then um I did want to say I, I just to jump I, in real quick, just to yeah, jump in go real ahead, quick. Sorry.
1: Michael Shannon, imagine him at the Playboy house. <laughs> what? like yeah, no you, way general's odd yeah general's odd the playboys. was no john c riley is amazing in this role i totally agree with you and michael shannon hey one of the best actors in my like one of the most underrated actors in hollywood or yeah. forgotten i guess is because everyone knows how good he is maybe forgotten about a lot love him but john c riley was perfect for this love it sorry go on
0: I was getting Michael Shannon. Like, I, I love him too. And you know what category I put him in? I think as he goes later on in his career, he's going to keep getting these Is I feel like he's going to have these Oscar nominations, like kind of pile up. And eventually he's going to be at the point where, let's give Michael Shannon it's, an Oscar. It's, you know who I compare him to? I think you can get it. Well,
1: mine is Mark Rylance.
0: Willem Dafoe. I'm thinking Willem Dafoe. Where he's just mm. like in that conversation, they're taking similar roles, they're always in, involved in these critically acclaimed films. A darker side to them, I think. Eventually, he—that's another take I'm going to have. Michael Shannon eventually will Oscar win. I'll put that I on agree. the table.
1: I agree. Completely. Let that marinate yeah.
0: for the next few years. Uh, but uh, in terms of my concerns, also with the show, you hit the, You you hit this on the head during the trailer. I thought the basketball scenes brutal. <laughs> basketball scenes the brutal. The Norm Nixon like one on one scene with Magic, pretty cringe. Uh And I don't remember, like, I know I didn't grow up during the 80s, but was Norm Nixon really that big of a deal at the time? And like, compared to like, were they really off board? I, I wonder how much did McKay like twist this story a little bit, like in terms of like, not wanting to draft magic, the race aspect, him flashing white and black and bold color and bold lettering on the screen. Was that really that much of a factor back then? Because it seemed like, based on it as being a sports historian, like I look back on that time and I say it was pretty inevitable. Those two, Larry Bird and Magic, were going one, two, no matter what. Like it didn't matter like what franchise was picking them, the, st- the structure of their um, teams. And they built in the Jerry West story in the background here, which is also I think pr- played pretty well by Jason Clark. I just don't buy that it was actually like this. I, I just always thought it was inevitable. They're just going to take this stud who's like made for L.A.
1: Yeah, I, they definitely made it clear that a lot of this in the show is dramatized or changed to alter, like changed the real events, like altered them. And I definitely think that's one. And yeah, the basketball scene, like I think the point of it was good, but just the actual playing the sport was just bad. Like all this, that guy that plays magic, doctor, uh, I forget his name, but uh, I do think he's a good actor. Quincy Isaiah. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Quincy yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think he's a good actor but i just don't think he can play basketball and they know it like he like even when he was by he's himself he's really in, charming though i like yeah. he does
0: nail like that perspective that personality you know Right. I, i'm excited to see like the the games like in the next like episode i it assume it seems like
1: we're going to be getting some like some like like a lot of footage a lot of game like it's very interesting and they showed like sneak peeks of uh what do you call it what's his name uh Larry Bird yeah larry bird uh bo burnham is he yeah, playing? is that Bo Burnham? I yeah, was, he doesn't but... look rec- He doesn't. He doesn't look recognizable.
0: I could. – Is that Bo Burnham? I can't. Like, it, it makes me think it's someone else now, just because but... he looks. He looks nothing like Bo Burnham.
1: Right, but I think it's that is. But he doesn't look. It was. Like so,
0: him. I know it was supposed to be, but I, it, it had me questioning. Like, as I was watching, like, did this get recast? Like, is this actually not true? But uh, I think it is him. I just didn't recognize him, mm-hmm. and that's a good thing, I guess. You know, and uh, I'm excited to see their interactions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adrian Kareem, Brody. Oh, okay. Kareem, Kareem being teased here. I think he's going to be uh, focused either this episode or the next, you know, they focus on magic here. Magic's obviously the main character alongside Jerry Buss, obviously, mm-hmm. but I think they're going to get a focus kind of like if you want to look at the last dance, how you had focuses for a whole episode on Scottie Pippen, you're going to have that with Kareem in the next episode or the third episode.
1: They hinted at it a little bit, like with the airplanes uh, on set yep. scene make make him look like a jerk like a real bad person like in kareem right. like who doesn't like kareem like he seems like a nice guy but well, yeah in this first rights episode,
0: activist you know yeah. i think they're going to dive into that stuff a little bit and talking about the name change i think it could be uh he could be a very interesting character to have on the show you have someone so likable i think they're going to make kareem look unlikable compared to the a likable magic johnson to kind of balance out the roles and don't have too much mm. focus on Larry Bird here, right, against Magic, make it all about the Lakers. It's going to be also fascinating because this was only supposed to be a limited series, but there's been murmurs like they're going to, uh, HBO is going to see how this series does on HBO Max. It's going to see, okay, is it going to earn a season two? And In that season two, are we getting Shaq? Kobe? You know, that's definitely a possibility we talked about, like, I want to say months ago.
1: Don't get my hopes up here, doctor. If you
0: have episodes to the quality the level of quality like the first one we could be seeing a sequel like season you know and that could be extremely exciting to watch right who's playing young Kobe? who's playing young shack
1: bro so recent too oh man that i don't know man that's is it a little bit a little You're bit you talked
0: about how we feel old you know i don't know this is 20 years ago late oh sorry i 2000s. mean it's a little
1: recent since uh like the kobe death i don't know if oh okay jump, yeah no i hear like, you I'll be kind of like soon to do that. And especially the, probably the one part of Kobe's life that you don't really want to talk about
0: checkered past a little bit, you know, yeah. so maybe it's a little, a little too bit soon of uh, immoral activity going on, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So we'll make sure we'll keep up with winning time. We'll hit you with the second episode. We'll recap it next week. Very excited to see where, what direction this goes. And very excited to see more John C. Riley. I think it's time that we hit the checkup. So um, this week we're not doing express style. We'll hit the topics. We had some major castings in the industry for blockbusters, sequel blockbusters, mainly talking about Dune part two. And we have Austin Butler and Florence Pugh reportedly joining the cast. Austin Butler is going to play Floyd Rotha originally played by Sting back in 1984 a role we talked about in our review for dune who would play this role i know we initially um slated like tom holland or robert pattinson to go there pattinson apparently was being eyed for the role they go with the elvis star austin butler and then we have florence Pugh of mcu fame of little women fame okay she's gonna play princess uh inua excuse me tough to pronounce these names are tough (laughs) So Dune dropping on HBO Max. We get these casts redropping on HBO Max. You get the Dune two castings. Ricky Fletcher, you pumped by these two names now being involved.
1: And this star set of cast just got bigger. Obviously, with Dune, with what happened in the first movie, obviously, with all the with some of the deaths there. We lost some stars. What do we do for Dune part two? We're rolling in some new stars and younger blood. Younger blood, young stars in Hollywood, rising stars or stars already. Florence Pugh probably already a star already star. Austin Butler maybe about to be one, and it looks like here, like if he's if Denny's seeing him to play this part, like that's what it seems like. And then if you look at like the fan, like uh, the previous images of the 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 uh, David Lynch Dune Florence Pugh looks exactly like like the princess, whatever you, you pronounce it, looks exactly what she's supposed to be. Like A it's A It's impre- It's the fan, like quote unquote fan casting or look alike. It looks ex- so similar.
0: I mean, I'm excited. I know I was more excited for uh, uh, Faye Rafa, just because I know in that story, he's a villainous role. He's a nephew of Baron Harkonnen played by, uh, what's his name, Ricky? Dave what's his Bautista. name? Stellan Skarsgård. Oh, oh, Stellan Skarsgård. Yep. Good pull by me. But he's the nephew there. He's the rival to Chalamet's character. And he does kind of look like he'd be a great rival. He's got, he's more physically imposing, right? This guy's supposed to be a little more athletic. They both have like the eye black. That's not eye black. Like, you know, that's like, that's like the eyeliner, the, the eyeliner that's not eyeliner in their eyes. Like we talked about him with in El- <laughs> yeah. the Elvis trailer, Chalamet and Dune also has that. So uh, I think <laughs> it's, it's also pitting actors against one another. This princess character played by Florence Pugh is supposed to have an, uh, it's supposed to be a love interest to Chalamet's Paul Atreides and uh, how is that going to unfold with uh, Zendaya's uh Iraqian character. So it's going to be uh fascinating to see those relationships unfold and it makes me think I like I don't think this franchise is going to stop with Dune Part 2. And I know they've hinted at there might, there's, there could be up to like 6 sequels here. It could end after this one even if they cover the book right how many like avenues do we have for these characters it seems like there's so many to still explore i feel like you're not going to get as much development obviously with all these different characters in one movie especially ones we haven't seen before and like audiences are going to want to see more of talking about like florence Pugh, mcu star and then we have austin butler like playing elvis people are going to want to see these characters so it's just are we going to get more you know and just it just has me almost sold that this doesn't end at dune part two
1: yeah i like you right after these castings uh the decisions that were made public that you saw the murmurs uh, warner brothers is interested in doing even more than than were already announced projects for related to dune so i think it's in the cards here i, I really do and uh i don't even think that they have they even started production like, i don't even think they've started it yet i don't
0: think so too i think they were looking at the end of the summer to start yeah so if i, I still, believe so
1: yeah so there's still plenty of time to figure everything out there regarding that but End of the day, this is very exciting. Again, this helps with us. Like, If we have Austin Butler stock, our stock is up this week. Way up on our takes with Austin Butler. Yes. If Denny's seeing it, he's a big box office movie right here. That's not a superhero movie, but still huge, huge franchise, clearly. It's huge for him and potential potential Oscars, potential in the future.
0: We ride with Austin Butler. We go as Butler goes, and we think he's going up, baby. We think he's going up. So very exciting castings there. But let's go to another um, behind-the-scenes decision that's going with a, bl- a blockbuster franchise. Sean Levy. I think it's Levy. Is it Levy or Levy, Ricky? I think it's Sean Levy.
1: Add it to the list of names that we don't know how to I pronounce.
0: I know. We're so terrible, bro. And Barry Kagan or Kogan, it's actually Kian. What the heck? We were, we were both wrong. Barry Kian. That's how we got to pronounce it. And it's not easy. I'm going to have to spell it differently before I say it. But- Sorry to go on that little tangent there. It's just one that me and Ricky Flick always have a hard time pronouncing. Sean Levy is set to direct Deadpool 3. Uh, Levy most recently directed Ryan Reynolds at both Free Guy and the newest Netflix project, The Adam Project. So, and Levy's also known for directing episodes for Stranger Things. Ricky Flicks, what do you think about Levy and Reynolds continuing their relationship into the MCU with Deadpool 3?
1: So I think, I think he's good. I don't love this decision to be honest i do think he has his flaws but at the end of the day like he still has plenty of experience like you mentioned with stranger things he has like producer on arrival with denny b who we just talked about he has a lot of good things on his resume my problem is even with that high ceiling there is a low floor there is a low floor and like he directed real steel like he are yep. like he has a lot of Hugh jackman <laughs> he has a lot of blemishes on his resume so I I'm interested to see where they go with this for such a, a franchise. That's so beloved with Deadpool right now and coming into the Disney frame from Fox. It's even more question marks up in the air. So I don't think like, sure. They, it seems like Reynolds and him have a great relationship, but do I absolutely I'm through the roof with this decision in this relationship? No,
0: I was out, but I'm kind of in on this Ricky. <laughs> I'm kind of in now. Initially, I was thinking, okay, Levy, we're talking free guy, most recently Adam Project, family, fam, like family fun, Friday nights, get the popcorn going, mom and dad off work, it's family movie night, and then you pop on Netflix or you go on Disney Plus, you put on a Sean Levy production, or you even start Stranger Things. Who knows, right? He's a part of all three properties. I do think... The concern here is that he's so associated with these family fun adventures that you go into Deadpool, which has been confirmed to be rated R in the next entry, even within the MCU, that you might be like, ah, man, is he going to be able to keep that same energy? Is he going to be able to keep uh, up with Ryan Reynolds? And I think that with this relationship, they've made what? Two movies together now, back to back. There is some comfortability with Reynolds with this director. At the end of the day, we know Reynolds is the real one in charge of Deadpool. He is the one in charge. Even though he might not have his name uh, placed up, uh, below the directed by, he is in control. And I think him and Levy get along so well, he's actually going to be able to let loose like he did in Deadpool 1, Deadpool 2, Okay, that we haven't seen him uh, in his most recent PG PG-13 adventures. And uh, that's when Reynolds is at his best, when he's unhinged. And he doesn't have to worry about uh, policing himself or censoring himself. I think Sean Levy, he's not going to hold him back. Right. So it's like almost like that Reynolds energy that he gives off where it's like every role. It's like Ryan Reynolds, just being Ryan Reynolds. He's truly Ryan Reynolds in anything R rated. Right. Cause he wants to speak his mind, almost like how he does on Twitter, how he's uh, intensely inappropriate, but it just makes for a superhero rendition unlike anything we've ever seen. And so I do think he's going to let him do his thing, but I am just a little concerned that the blockbusters recently are a little polarizing for Sean Levy. And so it makes you look at the track record and say, okay, do we really trust this guy? But at the same time, it's really Reynolds at the helm.
1: Yeah, I agree. And Reynolds co-writer on Deadpool two, same thing with three. And it's like you said, it's his franchise. It's going to be his final say really. And even with Kevin Feige now part of it, it's really like Reynolds is the reason Deadpool is huge. Not, not because of the Marvel character. Right. because of Ryan Reynolds, so and also the R rating, but I think that's going to continue. And yeah, like again, he has a high, a high ceiling, like, low floor, but also high ceiling. Like can't just be a, what is it called? No, like, opposite, a pessimist. You can't just be a pessimist. Got to be optimistic here. Definitely more positives and negatives, but still in, in the back of my mind.
0: Right. When I think of Tim Miller, David Leach, the first two directors of the Deadpool franchise, like I maybe Sean Levy is arguably the most successful compared to the first two directors of Deadpool.
1: Okay. Yeah, pre pre Deadpool. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, with that.
0: like when they got the job, like he gets the job, and he has this blockbuster potential put upon his name, you know, like that mm-hmm. ability, and so that has, that's a good sign. And he, if he works well with Ryan Reynolds, like it's like whoever is going to let Ryan Reynolds cook, right? They're going to do well, and that's exactly what Sean Levy's going to do in an R-rated franchise. Let him loose, uncage the beast, baby. Uh, moving on with the checkup here, we have Michael Giacchino. the the bad. Man- Behind the score of the Batman, the intro to the last two episodes of the drive-in pod. He might be our he new is, king. He, he's up there. So he's confirmed to not only score, but direct, direct. He is calling the shots. He's smacking the clapboard for Werewolf by Night, a Halloween special for Disney Plus set within the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? Ricky Flex. what do you think of the idea of someone who is responsible for the greatest recent score in memory? Create a score in recent memory. I have to rephrase that. Now directing an MCU project.
1: This man is on such a high right now. Like, his stock. Like, he honestly might be an unstoppable force. He might be. He and might just
0: go on to be the next Scorsese dude.
1: But this guy, he's, <laughs> he's never done a full feature film, right? He's never directed a full feature film. Like, this would be his first one. I believe so. And it's Werewolf by Night. It. Like, this is, like, that's big for him. Like, this is huge. A composer, not a writer, like a composer doing this. So it's just, I kind of like, I love it because he's one of our kings, I think. And also, hey, just side note here, Oscar winner for what? A Pixar movie. (laughs) And also nominated for another Pixar movie for uh, the score. Or, uh, yeah, yeah, music or whatever. But, hey, end of the day, he's on such a high right now. We're going to ride it with him. We're going to continue holding our stock with Michael Giacchino. Would I be surprised if this Halloween special for Disney plus ends up just being like a thing for Disney plus to get more subs, subscribers, maybe. hundred percent what it is, but Hey, you know what? Good for this man. I love this guy and him getting his shot here on a huge platform. I love it. I think it's also
0: Disney trying to gain some recognition for a project that not a lot of people are talking about. I don't think anyone really cared about Halloween by night, but then you got like the popularity of the Batman right now. And what are a lot of people talking about regarding the Batman, the score along with the performances that we talked about, who's responsible for the score giaquino Let's get him on, but also, Hey, does he have a vision for this werewolf by night picture? And he has comic book experience. Get him on board, dude. I love this. And I love that. It's a, it's a really creative way of thinking. Right. And that as long as you have Feige overseeing and producing and, uh, being there to assist Giacchino, I don't have any issue with this. And you're right. It's also, this could be a cash grab, obviously, Disney Plus having this Halloween special, how connected to the MCU will this truly be? Or is this just like a one-off just based on, okay, let's just put this out there for anyone who's loyal to Disney Plus. But I think that he... uh He'll bring some recognition to it, and uh, it has me excited. It, it, I obviously, I'm pumped for like the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special that's coming at the end of the year, and I think uh, a lot of people don't have higher expectations. they they have higher expectations for that in terms of like in uh, connectivity to the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its connection to the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But uh, this one just garnered a little bit more acclaim, right, with Giacchino putting his name upon the project. Pumped for it, dude i can't wait to hear that score and you know he's gonna go all in that he's all in on the music too.
1: the halloween uh, we always talk like around halloween time when like trick-or-treaters come we have like, a speaker outside and we're playing music and it just feels like we're playing ghostbusters one out of three uh three songs we need some more halloween songs is he just going to give us yeah. a soundtrack to play on halloween every year now that's the big question. That'd be sick. Because you're right.
0: My hol- my holiday, my Halloween like mix, party mix, or when I'm handing out candy, what I have jamming through the, like, the neighborhood, it's always like Ghostbusters, right? It's like uh, thriller. It's like all these move, all these songs that just repeat. It's like how we need new Christmas songs too, you know? It's at like this same vibe. But if he provides mm-hmm. a bomb score, I listen to the Batman all the time. I listen <laughs> to this score. I'm not kidding. I'm like grading papers or I'm just sitting around in my house doing dishes. I'll just put it on the old Alexa there and uh, we'll start jamming out to the Batman. That's how like good. did, <laughs> it see, excellent, did you see
1: that Nirvana's uh, something in the way is up like 1200 percent of plays on Spotify?
0: Oh yeah, I'm yeah. a part of that 1200 Who who is isn't? who isn't? Oh yeah. Uh, lastly here, speaking of DC and speaking of superhero movies, Warner Brothers, they were just riding such a high, but they announced that their DC movie release schedule has gone through a sort of a shakeup in a negative way. So we have a bunch of pushbacks and then move up uh, and then mo- films moving up in the slate. This is what it now looks like. The DC Lego Super Pets movie has been pushed back much to the dismay of Big Mike to July 29th, 2022. Black Adam has been pushed back to the fall, October 21st, 2022. We are now getting Shazam! Theory of the Gods this year, December 12, 2022. And then we're not getting Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom, the sequel to Aquaman, until March 17, 2023. And The Flash is no longer coming out this year. It's now debuting June twenty-third, 2023. There's been a lot of speculation on why these movies are being pushed back. Uh, A lot of it, I, I guess what's been... Rumored for The Flash is that there's been some VF, VFX effects in terms of things that can't get done due to the supply chain issue. Ricky Flex, what was your reaction to seeing all these pushbacks and uh, uh, readjustment of DC slate?
1: It's just, like you said, Warner Brothers had so much going for them the past month, past couple of weeks, the Batman. And they put out a great promo with all these upcoming projects this year, like with the, with the movies that you just said. They had a great promo when they played it right before the Batman mm-hmm. gets you pumped to see more of these projects. That trailer probably would have like probably has had, had a direct impact on people saying, Oh, I'll go check out this, this summer or this in the winter. But now it's up in the air again. They're just making again, like supply chain issues, things like that. It's like hard to come around. Like, sure. But like, it's even not the, just superhero movies like Wonka. Like what? Like that got right. delayed nine months. Like what are we doing? And that's and there's shots of Timothy Timothy Chalamet in the costume all the time. So you we know that they're shooting the film. So just delay it till the end of next year is crazy to me. And there is hype to that movie. And speaking of hype, shocking hype, The Meg, the first one. Do You know how much money that made at the box office,
0: domestically or worldwide? Uh, either. So domestically I was thinking probably around 200 million.
1: Okay. So it made 145 million domestically. That'd be an
0: optimistic.
1: 530 million worldwide. Dude. Jesus. This was in the bank for a sequel with Jason Statham. Like it wasn't even oh, like yeah. like that must have been like green even before the movie st- like like that's insane. Have you seen that movie? I never saw it. No. And like that's like one th- another thing that like I didn't give a crap about when I heard these delays, but I with these numbers people probably are pissed. Right. I mean, people
0: want to see that movie. Apparently, you know, people Aquaman made a billion dollars with the first movie that came out 2018. Now it's coming out five years after the first one came out. So you're losing steam here. You have talk about losing momentum. If you're DC, the Batman just had a great second weekend outperformed expectations. So, and you have this trailer come out. It's like a real life quote tweet. With, like, the skull and crossbones emoji, where it's like, I'm dead after seeing this trailer. Like, this is the 2022 slate that DC was hyping all their fans about. DC fandom, what was the point of the freaking thing if you're going to reintroduce all these movies again when DC fandom comes in the fall? It just felt like it was all for nothing. Uh, you're squandering an opportunity here, just totally squandering it. Black Adam as the next movie would have been unbelievable. Right, you should would have really capitalized on that. DC summer League Black of Super Buster. Pets are now you, the only summer movie you have is League of Super Pets. What a and, that, and, and
1: that's just like you're coming super, off the Batman. You can't like League of Super Pets just gives me huge slop vibes. So secret life of pets, especially with Kevin Hart playing a pet in this one. So the be the movie same animation out, type. Yeah. So that's just terrible perception for me to be the movie to follow up the Batman. So See, also just sorry one last thing with this shazam so that that is that did that get moved up
0: it's, i think it did it, the, what i looked up is 2022 let me double check that because that, that was
1: 2023
0: that was 2023 yeah that was the only one that get moved up Why that
1: and that one i'm and we haven't gotten about, a trailer
0: too. for that one yes december 16th 2022 so we moved
1: that one up like us a, 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 six months because that was supposed to be a summer 2023 like what? Like I have no idea. I want to. I want to see
0: the see the Flash and Black Adam so much more than Shazam too. Yeah, like the, I, I'm dying to see those movies, and I think Shazam. The, the, or- most DC fans are looking forward to that movie. I feel like Shazam was like a nice surprise hit for DC fans, but they do they really have a passion for the character when they could have gotten Michael Keaton as Batman and Affleck back in the Flash. Like, are you kidding? Right. Me? And the Rock finally debuting as Black Adam. No offense, to Zachary Levi, you don't have that type of pull, kid.
1: You don't. Yeah, no, and they already like Shazam. The two peaks of that of that comic book character for me personally is one potential meetup with Black Adam, which we let's see, wait and see. But the other one they already wasted at the end of the first movie when they have all the kids together. They already wasted their big
0: reveal in the first movie. So this is it, this is interesting now because like Shazam, it was supposed to come after Black Adam. They pushed it up. Are they going to cut scenes from Shazam too that were going to lead into Black Adam? Or, uh, oh. or just lead up to a team up, you know what I mean? So, hmm. to me, like it, it, this is kind of concerning on like a creative aspect, uh, where it's like, okay, are you gonna have to cut the story now? Is it now gonna have to be chopped up to lead into a, Shaz- a Shazam Black Adam meetup or a team up mm-hmm. or a, a movie with them both? Yeah, it, we know? could see it. We could That's see end
1: credit scenes similar to like uh, Superman at the end of Shazam, like Bl- The Rock at the end of Shazam. This one. That would and be this interesting.
0: Is, it's also similar to like Doctor Strange and Spider-Man No Way Home. They switched times on the t- like on the timeline and the, their Marvel slate when right. they were releasing. We were supposed to have multiverse of madness before Spider-Man No Way Home.
1: People forget because
0: of the change of slate, you had to have reshoots, extreme reshoots for Doctor Strange uh, into the multiverse of madness. So This is like the struggle when you have this continuity within a universe. It really can kind of hold you back. And then it makes you question certain decisions that are being made. And then you, are you cutting out scenes that most fans want to see kind of troubling, bro? Kind of troubling, especially after what we just saw with the Batman.
1: Let's just five seconds to remember how good the Batman was. (laughs) Thank you. All right. That's going to do it
0: for the checkup this week. We will now move on to our trailer roundup featuring the new trailer for Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Not gonna lie, doctor. Um, before we do get to that, some major oh. news just happened. Um, sad oh, no. news. Uh, should
0: I buck- oh, no, should I buckle up?
1: Um, in a bad way. Uh, sadly, William Hurt just died. No, yeah, he just died. Um, how just, Dude, I, don't, what, I don't know. How? Um, obviously, it's like pushing yeah, 80? How old was he? 71.
0: Oh man. Younger than I thought.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if we'll, like, you know, that's just sad to kind of include in the podcast, but like, yeah, it's just man.
0: Thunderbolt uh, Ross.
1: Yeah. Obviously MCU, like they're in the MCU, but Hey, broadcast news. Great movie. He was yeah. in that one. Talked for, about that recently. Yeah. 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 Um, a history of violence with, uh, Aragorn um, he was in that and really nominated for an Oscar there too. So, um, Sorry to bring the vibes down a bit, but yeah, that was just something I just came across the news feed.
0: Yeah, something definitely to bring to our attention. I think I'm gonna watch broadcast news tonight. I was due to watch that anyway. You gave a great recommendation for it. I believe it's on HBO Max. So I'll give that a watch and uh in tribute to our guy, William Hurts. And um, yeah, that leaves a hole in the MCU.
1: All right, sorry.
0: All right. Uh let's bring the vibes up. And you know how we bring the vibes up, Ricky? Is not only talking about Star Wars, but it's talking about the best part of the prequel trilogy. And that is one Ewan McGregor. That is one Obi Wan Kenobi. That is one that has a series that takes place 10 years after Revenge of the Sith, nine years before A New Hope. We're here to give you the breakdown of the newest trailer, one that we had been begging for for months upon months. We thought we were getting at the Super Bowl, but it's finally here. Ricky Flex, uh, what was your initial reaction upon watching the uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi miniseries trailer?
1: Initial reaction was happy we got something. Very happy we got something. We, it was, we were overdue. We were overdue to have something. So finally, we got it. But then my re- next reaction was, wow, we didn't get to see Hayden Christensen. That was my next reaction. Now, we did get a still after the fact. Yep. It wasn't in the trailer. So that's fine. It did look sick, but yeah, that was my first reaction. I have more, but I know like, what was yours in first reaction?
0: I mean, the first thing I took away was honestly, John Williams. <laughs> that was the first thing. Cause you had the two, honestly, my two favorite scores in the history of movies being mashed up into one trailer. And I say, not just star Wars scores. I'm talking about scores of all time, a mash or a mash of dual of fates with revenge of the sith like those Ooh. two scores being put together i don't even think uh, a big booty mix could be as great in terms of collaboration of mm. old school themes and old school songs i thought that was great for an obi-wan trailer it has connections to the prequels right and i think this is obviously obi-wan from the prequels ewan mcgregor the best part of it as i said before Goes, there's so many people that adore the prequels that grew up on the prequels as much as like all Star Wars fans kind of look down upon the prequels. This was the biggest movie franchise for a generation. And to have those themes coming on, along with Hugh McGregor popping up on the screen, watching a young Luke on Tatooine, mm. I was getting goosebumps, bro. I, I was getting goosebumps. What do you think about having the Duel of the Fates and Revenge of the Sith like mash up there in the trailer?
1: I think you summed it up perfectly. I won't add any more to that, but I will also say my next reaction was the inquisitor Rupert Rupert. Yes. So,
0: I got to go into them.
1: Yeah. Like, like for me personally, like that's just a, them doing that, that just shows, Oh, they're showing uh for the rebel, uh the rebel uh, series, clone wars and rebels rebels. Like, Star Wars yeah, Rebels, rebels, excuse me. So, that's what it, like looks like to me. That's pretty. That's great for Star Wars fans. Like unbelievable. Those are obviously wildly popular. So they're actually still implementing stuff like not like like we saw with Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano with the fan cast from Zorio Dawson. Mm-hmm. They want to please fans. They're doing it with this now. Did he look incredible? Like when you when you look at Rebels and when you watch Rebels and the Inquisitor there, he looks like a skinny. Like he looks like a stick here. Like he looks more stocky, like an um, egghead
0: type. Yeah. Of thing.
1: So I, I don't know. But hey, I, I actually do think Rupert, uh, how do you pronounce it? Friend or?
0: Rupert Friend. I, I believe that's how it is. Rupert Friend.
1: Add to the list. Um, But yeah. Death like, of Stalin, baby. Death yeah, of like, Stalin. Yeah, that's like got to be your guy.
0: Yeah, I, I I am excited to see him here. I, I know he's a part of Homeland. I never saw that show. But I think we do have to give a background on the Inquisitors just to make sure all of our audience knows who they are and know that they are a big deal. So the Inquisitors, I personally, I just do my homework. I have not seen Star Wars uh, Rebels, uh, the animated series. I didn't see Star Wars, the Clone Wars. So the Inquisitors are this group that are under the control or they take orders from Darth Vader, all right, between episodes three and four. Their job is to be Jedi hunters. So they take down, after Order 66 comes down from Emperor Palpatine, uh, there are some surviving Jedi's, so the Inquisitors, their job is to erase them all for good. So you're going to have obviously Hayden Christensen returning as Darth Vader, but also you have this group. This that's like Star Wars usually have these levels of villains. So we have like the one that's a little lesser than like obviously Darth Vader and lesser than Palpatine. Okay, patrolling the galaxy, looking to take down arguably the um, the most dangerous Jedi that's still like active right? Because at this time you still have Yoda who's still out there, but you have Obi-Wan who's, it's kind of complex. And I'm excited to see how they approach this. obi Wan's is looking after Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, but also trying to uh, survive and trying to outrun these inquisitors, right? That are on, that are tracking him. So you see him on Tatooine, you see him going on different planets. It's going to be an epic journey that I can't wait to see, but in terms of someone who wasn't familiar with the animated series i didn't have series i didn't have a problem with the way the inquisitors looked just cuz i didn't really know how they were supposed to look you know what yeah, i mean i, I, I don't
1: care. yeah like egghead is a good uh, i think a good like summed up with the way he looked in this trailer but cool. hey we, so it's cool that we're implementing that right very cool and then i just had a thought like obviously this is six episodes i believe this series so a little shorter and we are going to get a Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan uh, showdown. We are getting I think that. we're getting at
0: least two fights at set. We're getting at least two battles between them.
1: I think, like, they aren't going to do this because they're trying to get Disney Plus up, up and up. But they have. They should. We have to see this on the big screen. Like, you got to put this That'd in be theaters. so
0: awesome, Ricky. You yes. can't oh not God. put this in theaters. They should do strictly the finale
1: in theaters. What's you're gonna be the you're gonna be doing Darth Vader versus Obi-Wan <inflicted> <hating> Christian versus <auditor> outgoing, Ewan McGregor on your laptop. You're gonna be seeing it there? No, no, no. cannot, will not, should not. Ridiculous.
0: No. It's ridiculous.
1: Mike, we cannot I, be putting this just for television series and just for television. We need to see this theatrically on a movie screen. Put it in IMAX, get to your Dolby Cinemas. Like AMC, like make a statement saying that you will buy like one night only. It, the revenues would be crazy. Yes,
0: I agree. Kathleen Kennedy's getting a little reckless. She <laughs> all of a sudden has you have Luke Skywalker in Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Right? You, you can't just all of a sudden just be put in Darth Vader. It was already bold enough you had Darth Vader in Rogue One. Now you're putting him in a limited series? Are it was you kidding me? It, this deserves deserves recognition on the big screen. We should we should write a petition of some sort or make our presence felt notes on app.
1: social media. Notes app, Twitter. Well, notes but, app this bad boy, dude. It's But how absurd is it that we will be seeing this on a laptop or a TV? Like that is asinine, literally asinine. Blast me, But uh, yeah, I would say the most bold thing they've ever done with Darth Vader is had a, had him use a freaking pun, <laughs> like him, that, 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 that I was that would that was. I hope dro- you don't choke on your aspirations. It's just oh, this franchise, this oh, unbelievable. But no, so end of the day, excited the though, great. excited yeah, though, very excited. We got to see Joel Egerton, which is cool. Did not see uh Benny Safdie rumored to be in this as well. Um, O'Shea Jackson rumored to be in this, and uh, who else am I missing? Camille, uh, Anjami, right?
0: That Nanjiani, yeah, 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 he's
1: supposed to be in this too. So, like, we didn't see any of them. So, interesting to see, like, Camille, like, he's now like jacked. Is he gonna be an inquisitor? Like, I don't know what's gonna be like the deal is gonna be
0: equals inquisitor,
1: like, I don't know because he's not gonna be a Jedi. So, like, what is he gonna do? I don't know, but uh, I'm interested to see the other players in this, and if we ever get an interaction with Luke, like obviously it won't be Obi-Wan probably, but like, do we see some Luke interactions? I don't know.
0: That would be awesome. Uh, it's what I heard is that this series is being rewritten, right? It kind of, we didn't know if this series was actually going to happen at any point. There were some rumors. I, I believe that they were concerned as they were writing this Obi-Wan series, it was going to be more about Luke. I mean, excuse me, Obi-Wan protecting Luke, which is all too similar to the Mandalorian with Mando protecting Grogu. So they didn't want a similar story being told, right, within this universe, okay? And it seems like they're just, like, replicating itself. And that's always a problem with these uh, franchise-type of builders and these shows and these movies. So I like that we're getting something different. I like that we thought that strategy. I think it's smart. I also love that he didn't take out the lightsaber once in this trailer. It shows that he is a... He is a man on the run. He is be he is on wanted posters, right? He is someone that needs to be tracked down, right? By this evil organization, he is an outlaw, an absolute outlaw, all right. So when he takes out that lightsaber, it's just going to be a, a crazy moment in the series. When that when that build up this tension, when you have right that that green lightsaber just light the frick up, or is it blue? Is it green or blue?
1: His right now would be blue, right? Yeah, blue,
0: right. So when it lights up blue, and then he has to take on an Inquisitor, or even take on Anakin, right? But it's also the emotional weight of his character right now. He's coming off of such a, a traumatic experience where his student of years, right? He's known for decades, turned against him in the Jedi Order, okay? And joined the Dark side. Joined, He is basically the hand of Emperor Palpatine. And seeing how he has to deal with that. And he has to look after Luke to make sure Luke doesn't go down this path. And Luke, he has to make sure, becomes the savior type of figure. You know, this messiah to kind of save the galaxy from the Emperor and Darth Vader. So I think there's going to be an emotional weight here. There is a story to be told. And I think that's kind of a key when you look at blockbuster franchises. You want to bring back iconic characters. You want to make sure there's a suitable story. I think you can find one here, Ricky Flicks. I really do.
1: Yeah, no, I think you summed that up perfectly. And hey, I'm I am a little nervous. You like kind of got my brain going again a little bit. I am a little nervous. Like, Ahsoka Tano. she they'll probably like, squeeze her in here somehow, um, just to pipe, hype her up for uh, her series coming out next year. Like, they're gonna do we see the Mandalorian just a brief cameo? Like, I don't know. Like, honestly, I think everything's on the cards, and I'm a little be, nervous be, with that. I
0: think Mando's been in the operation that long.
1: Has but maybe no, but maybe we just see a Mandalorian or something. Uh-huh. Like, just I don't know, get the get ready for the next season of Mandalorian coming out. Like, I think that it's such a, a
0: supporting character, a new one.
1: Yeah. So I'm I'm a little nervous for that. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how good or bad this is going to be. This I'm just so happy that we're getting this. And then we're getting these, these, the scenes that we want. We are seeing the Inquisitors, we're seeing Obi-Wan, we're seeing Hayden Christensen back, and we're gonna get a, a two, not one, two. uh Darth Vader, Obi Wan. Uh, showdowns that's what we want hopefully it's great but at the end of the day I'm just happy we're actually getting it after all these years
0: you see the influence that Dave Filoni has on this Star Wars TV universe the guy who's responsible for the Star Wars animated universe I think it's almost a guarantee that we get a so Katano in the series but in a flashback mm. Anakin Skywalker is coming back as Darth Vader they, they could have anyone wear the Darth Vader suit and you could have someone do the voiceover but the fact that you had you are emphasizing that Anakin that uh, Hayden Christensen is coming back to this role, you're going to see his face. How are you going to see his face? It's got to be flashbacks, right? It has to be right. Yeah. To the like Clone Wars era, showing the relationship between Obi Wan and Anakin, maybe to a newer audience who may not be as familiar with this story, right, of mentor and mentee. I think uh, that has a ton of potential. Ahsoka Tano has been garnering a lot of attention through. Mm. Book of Boba Fett, Mandalorian. And I think it's important that we become familiar with her. She's getting her own series. A lot of people haven't seen Clone Wars or Star Wars. I think it's just Clone Wars rather than... Maybe she was in Star Wars Rebels as well. I really don't know. I didn't watch the series. But I think they just want... I think it's an obvious emphasis that she's involved more and more with this TV universe. That's kind of replacing the films right now. It's kind of replacing the films. When's the next Star Wars movie we're getting? What is it?
1: I think it could be... this. You could, like, charge Dave Filoni and the Star Wars franchise if they don't put this on the big... Like, for putting this on Disney+. Plus. Like, they could charge nope. them with, with a crime. Like, <laughs> just think about how big this is. This is what Star Wars is. Darth Vader is Star Wars.
0: Iconic Star Wars. top... We, we said iconic villains in cinematic history. We talked about Hannibal Lecter and Joker last episode. Like, Darth Vader's probably three. Like, does Darth Vader deserve One. to be shown on a small screen? Does he deserve to be shown on a small Imagine, screen?
1: Imagine, yeah, like we can't have a joker on the small screen. Like, what do we don't? No, no. Oh Ugh. crime. Ugh. Crime. Man. So
0: any other details you want to discuss before we kind of close out this trailer breakdown?
1: No, I think just seeing the Inquisitors now, like getting that confirmation here. It's just I might have to jump back into Clone Wars and Rebels. I haven't watched them in a long, long time. But I'm thinking I might have to jump back in, kind of just uh skim through, watch the important episodes.
0: I'm tempted to watch it. I never dove into it's it. It's a lot. And, uh,
1: it, it takes out a lot of your time. That's, I, you need, that's my big you, problem with it.
0: You know, I'm more of a movie guy, dude. It's it's tough yeah. for me to just invest in a series that is uh, seasons on seasons with heavy. Like there's a lot of episodes for an animated show. I'm guessing there's a multitude, right? There's like, there's a lot, a, a a lot, lot of lot. episodes you got to bang through. And uh, I'm assured not all of them are bangers, bro. <laughs> not <laughs> all of them are bangers.
1: And, like some of them focus on like the clone tr- like, the troops, like separate troops, they don't even have Jedi's in the episode. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's off and on, good and bad, but All right. it, when it hits, it hits.
0: When it hits, it hits. All right, that, that that might be enough for me. That's that. That might be enough for me. If Dave Filoni's involved, I might check it out. Uh, that'll do it for our breakdown of Obi Wan. So we got a new uh, trailer for the upcoming season of The Boys. Right, an electric second season. Uh, a Splash they made on the industry with the first season produced by Seth Rogen. Uh, you got the breakout star Anthony Starr as Homelander. Uh, we got our boys Billy Butcher, we got Jack Quaid in the mix here. Uh, Ricky Flex, how excited were you when you saw this new trailer? Uh,
1: I love this, se- I love this series. Like, I rewatched the first episode of the first season, um, just actually a couple weeks ago. Man, like, what a! Immediate kickstart to a season, one of like the most shocking openings of a series of all time. But um I'm really excited. The trailer is kind of confusing. A lot going on. It's like Carl Urban's character, Billy Butcher, Jack Quaid. I don't know. like is he a security guard now? Like I don't know what's going on. Is that just a cover? But hey, like Anthony Starr's character. What we're seeing from him, I don't know how people love him right now. Like in the trailer, it looks like he's going to a crowd of people that he's getting adored. I don't know how it's possible after the end of the last season. think mean, what went public. I will not want to spoil anything right now, so I'm a little confused there. So mu- something must happen, and then finally, I'll just say we've been hearing rumors that Black Noir is getting more screen time in this one, and actually, like development in depth. I'm interested to see like what, like how crazy are we getting with him because he is a crazy character that they haven't they haven't really di- uh, really taken time with yet. And now they're going to do it. So why now? And what are going to be the uh, impact going in the future, especially with like Homelander, Anthony Starr?
0: I'm interested in Black Noir as well, because he's a silent character. They kind of gave him a little more screen time in season two, but not nearly enough. He seems like the one character they just haven't, they kind of refused to uh, explore. And it feels like they're kind of limited in how they can explore him by the first two seasons. Maybe they unlock something in season three. Billy Butcher, Looking like he might have some abilities in this next
1: season, you know.
0: So he looks like he might. I don't know if they're trying to mislead us a little bit. Uh, There's like some teasing of him sitting down with Homelander. Always love those scenes. Such eccentric characters, bombastic characters, Mm. fiery type guys going one on one. That's always great to see. You got uh, A Train with a new suit. I wonder what's going on there. You got some funny callbacks. You got some funny callbacks to like the the Jenner. Pepsi commercial with like him, like giving his own drink out like to the cops and everything. So that's just like the boys being the boys and what they are in terms of making fun of the pop culture lexicon. Uh, I'm excited. I, I, I just, all I can say right now, to be honest, I don't know who's seen it, who hasn't. I will highly recommend that you power through the first season. First season is good, but I think the second season was another level, bro. It was another it level. I crazy. thought it was amazing. It got so nuts, and the finale was spectacular. Uh, I think we were missing one main character. And we didn't see a lot of. I I do want to look up her name. Uh, one second, Ricky Flex. Annie. I cast of the boys. Is that the name? Right, who are you talking about? Starlight. No, I'm talking. Go Kimiko. Kimiko. I didn't see much Kimiko in this trailer. Did you?
1: I don't even remember her in the trailer, to be honest. So, yeah, you're she right. She
0: wasn't in it, I don't think. And she was such a focal point at the end of the first season into the second. We did get a new character teased a lot of people are excited about with Jensen Ackles, Soldier Boy. Um, you get him as like a Captain America looking figure, like an evil Captain America. We yeah. thought we already kind of had this with Homelander, but it seems like we're getting it to a different degree. Maybe On the more ground. Good character yeah literally ground literally grounded character with Jensen Ackles' uh, soldier boy so that guy looked cool right Seems yeah, like yeah, he's he got a cool. dark backstory
1: I, I'm interested see how it differs from Captain America and like what they're gonna do there also Anthony Starr doesn't he look like Rupert Friend
0: a little bit Rupert Friend's more round like his face is
1: yeah I think just being bald helps with that too though
0: Anthony Starr just got like, arrested
1: oh what Oh no! You didn't know this, what he he, did? Got,
0: he he like told like some like waiter or who, like some uh, worker or maybe even a fan that uh, he said he was going to kill him. Oh no! It was like real Homelander type of quote. So look right. it up right now, Anthony Starr arrested. <laughs> it probably I'm looking it up right now, and I'll tell you what happened. He was arrested in Spain. Gets oh no, not a one year prison sentence. That can't be true. He was Dude. filming a movie. By director Guy Ritchie, when the incident occurred in uh, Casablanca, <laughs> suspended prison sentence. Okay, that's what it says right here. Oh no! I don't Leonard. think he's going to prison. He's not. Yeah, going to
1: he can He was
0: reportedly punched twice, needed four stitches to a wound on his forehead. Okay. All right. So when was this? A year ago? Or he assaulted a dude. He assaulted a dude. Oh, it God. happened when this article come out, March fifth
1: this year. This year. That's like this last just week. Happened. Oh my god!
0: This just happened. He assaulted a dude. He said, "I'm going to kill you." <laughs> uh, oh, so not good news for our guy. Homelander's great. <laughs> <laughs> totally, he's so good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that, you can't really has, transition from there. So. This
0: part, huh? <laughs> <laughs> <You> <laughs> I think that's it. gonna do it for our boys. Like trailer preview. <laughs> Let's now move on to our review of turning red for pixar in our tiering of pixar films (laughs) we're now moving on to our review of turning red we'll give you the synopsis we'll give you the rotten tomatoes and the audience score we'll give you the imdb then we'll hop on in with our initial thoughts and then we're going to put it in our pixar tier whether it goes in tier one two three or four we have four different categories should be a hotly contested debate for each and every film that we choose, knowing how our top films usually go. So here is the synopsis. Uh, May Lee is a 13-year-old girl who is torn between her mother's obedient daughter and the chaos of her youth. As if that weren't enough, when she gets too excited, she turns into a big red panda. So this sound Rotten Tomatoes has a 95%. Audience score is at 66% interesting correlation there imdb has it at 7.2 out of 10 ricky flicks what were your initial thoughts upon finishing pixar's newest film
1: this is the definition of like giving too much credit to like the past and history and that's what critics are doing here because this movie wasn't very good this movie was not entertaining whatsoever this movie was for kids i will say this movie Mm. was very much for kids and i think like Pixar, they grab your heartstrings a bit, right? They get knee deep, right? They get emotional. This one had its parts, had its moments, had a good overarching story and a couple uh, supporting storylines with their friends and everything. But at the end of the day, did not care for this movie. This movie, I will not be revisiting. And Me neither. Will not be like, I'll never watch this again. This is, for me, one of the worst Pixar movies I have ever seen.
0: Wow. Oh my God, Ricky! So, I am uh, I am
1: heated today. This, like I was a hater on Adam. Project. You're red.
0: You're literally turning red.
1: I am. I and it's because of this movie. That's why I think I made I, Adam Project. I'll have to finish the movie and give you full credit or uh, full attention when I'm not heated or red about this Pixar uh, movie turning red. Like seriously. So,
0: I we, our podcast was coming off such a high after the Batman, <laughs> and now we're resorted to talking about a Pixar film about a tween going through puberty. So that is kind of rough. And uh, what I will say is that this is another example of Pixar movies that are pushing the boundaries a little bit. They're getting um, bolder with their themes and their ideas. They're going in different directions, exploring different cultures. And that's what I always thought Pixar was amazing at. We have, a Chinese Canadian girl in Toronto living in Chinatown uh, talking about her ancestral history. I thought that was cool. That was neat. What I do have to say, what turned me off from this movie, it did have a little bit of charm. It had some great humor, had some great supporting characters. The cringe factor of this movie was so insanely high uh, compared to most or all, I should say, Pixar movies it had moments where it that's obviously intentional. Like this is a movie about this awkward teen age, right? Going from elementary school to high school, that in-between period, you're very emotional. You're going through changes. Your parents can be a factor of inducing anxiety. I think that's what this movie is largely about and like controlling your emotions. And that's why I think like this is bolder in terms of like soul, where soul, it was not just for kids. A lot of kids wouldn't get the themes here. Uh, But turning red, I I felt it was also targeted at parents and Mm -hmm. how kids these days, although it's set in 2002, kids are very emotional now, almost it's getting a lot of notoriety now in terms of people recognizing mental health, especially at a young age. And I think having that 2002 setting was really smart because it shows like these kids always needed support they always felt these like parental pressures and familial pressures and that uh, even has the mom at the end kind of questioning the pressure she had from her mother and how it's almost like this family trauma that's happening. It's pretty deep stuff. Am I right? That's Very pretty deep, deep. but the, there's a difference between like, yes, the themes are relevant, but also I am enjoying the movie as I'm watching it, man, like talk about watching a helicopter mom in action that just pissed me off. It just pissed me off. And I thought we lived under kind of a strict household, not in a terrible way, but in a way our parents have protected us. But this is like the helicopter parent, and it didn't have that traditional Pixar villain, right?
1: I was going to mention that too. Like
0: incredible, so it wasn't like just a straight up bad guy. Even most recently Luca, right? It didn't have like that straight up bad guy. This one, the bad guy was like the mom. Yeah, And she was instantly, when she popped up on the screen, she was instantly, she made it into my catalog of most hated Pixar characters. Instantly. She's up like, there. And it's, I thought, I don't know. I just thought that the mom just made this movie so cringe and made it so hard to be an entertaining source of material for Pixar. And I thought it was so focused on, it had like the girls going through changes, right? they had like the maxi pads and the modern brands that are stacked up on the shelf. It felt like it was trying so hard to relate to those kids, but I don't think it really made a difference in the entertainment value. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah. And I feel like they just kept hitting you over the top with it. Just constantly with, not just with the mom, but also with the friends. Like we get it. You got to be there for your friends. We get it. Control your emotions. And I felt like a lot of it was just banging my head nonstop with this stuff. And I think they did that particularly to tell kids, hey, this is important. Like, make sure you get this message that we're trying to send. And then with the parents, like, get this through your thick skulls. Don't do this to your kid. And I just kept pushing those two agendas forward so much where I'm like, I really don't want to finish this movie, but I have to because it's Pixar and I trust them. But at the end of the day, the big, the climax just, at least for me, it was big um
0: uh also kind of cringeworthy yeah
1: it, it was just like what like that's just how we're gonna do this huh so yeah at the end of the day this is the bottom tier this is yeah hated this hate hated uh, hate, hate, hate Hate. strong, hate strong. I, did, did, did not some, like it
0: i will speak on as a teacher like i related to this in terms of my students are probably at this age like they're very awkward but also like they're controlled by their parents. And uh, I did think it had a couple great lessons within the movie. And that's talking like as a teacher, obviously. And like the idea of when you're feeling these emotions, who is a comfort for you and who is a safe, what's a safe space for you? Like having your friends right there for you. But I also thought I didn't, I didn't enjoy I don't want to go into spoilers, but how she handled becoming the red Panda. That didn't feel very Pixar to me, how she was like profiting off of it and everything. It felt very cringeworthy. And I was just like, this is super immoral. It was like really crossing a line. And I was just like, wow. Like I didn't think like Pixar would go there, but as I said before, we're kind of pushing boundaries here, but that's like, that's behavior. I don't think I would have like predicted Mm -hmm. like at the beginning of this movie, when I saw the trailer, someone who was so, so ashamed initially but then they kind of like twist it and they kind of make it feel like it was all right because like she's comfortable with who, she, with who she is and like she like you know it's just it to me that was like questionable for a movie that's like based on puberty and like being comfortable with who you are but then like charging money for it like that's freaking weird but like it just, might, to me that was like yeah I, I, like, I was entering a a different stratosphere i'm like i didn't know how to feel
1: yeah that that's a good point I, I that's actually a really good point they bring up their doctor but i think just Kind of, there's some of my thoughts here is going back to the Rotten Tomatoes score. This is just benefit of the doubt, right? Like critics doing this, like 95, uh, 95 for this movie. Like I, I remember we talked about this, how it was just going to be a exclusive, exclusively on Disney Plus and I ranted. One of my like biggest rants on this podcast was how Pixar was not getting a theatrical release after all they've done. I'm glad I did not pay 14 bucks to see this over the weekend at a movie theater because I would have been a livid look at me now i would have been so upset
0: yeah i mean i don't i don't think it was bad i really don't think it was bad i think it, it had good. a strong it had a strong message i think people a lot of people feel like you ricky honestly looking at 66% audience score that's not high for a pixar movie right usually you're looking at at least 80 plus in both territories right you're going to end up with a feel good uh, like a animated feature that relates heavily to kids and then adults feel comfortable bringing their kids to the theater but at the same time you got this movie that's talking about maxi pads and it's talking about (laughs) girls on their period and it might not be something i I read a review someone was saying like maybe you want for a pixar movie maybe you want to have the parents watch it and then show your kids about Mm. a pixar movie so in that regard, I will say it's good that Pixar is not remaining stagnant. They're showing. They are not just relating to younger kids, right? They're trying to be more diverse. They, they are exploring different cultures. They are doing good things here, in my opinion. But does that create a movie that most people want to see? I'd argue no. Yeah. Right? No.
1: It's because like people don't want to be told how to parent their kids, or like, how to like? you think Hollywood knows how to freaking parent their kids? Like, what are we doing in the Pixar and Pixar? Like when they first started, they like, didn't go home ever. Like they, they were to get to make Toy Story. They were like grinding to finish that movie and they were working nonstop. Like, are we going to tell them how they should uh, run their lives? So I don't think that makes for a good strategy going forward, but Hey, like I'm still going to watch it. Cause it's Pixar. They're the best, this one, not their best. And I, just two, uh, two more quick things. One, this movie. After watching it, I appreciate Luca so much more, and I might have been wrong. Wow, whoa! I think Team th- Luca, Team Luca, Luca. I Team am, Luca. After this movie, I am so on board with Luca. I am Team Luca now. Like that movie blew this movie out of the water. Luca, I enjoyed tar- it way more. Like that is. So much more, and I my big take with that was that I thought the villain was good, not great in that one. That's why I didn't get to that.
0: It still is, yeah, it still like it remains. The but same.
1: this one didn't even have one. Like the side character villain, the kid Tyler was trash. I thought he was very effective either in this the
0: mom. Was the villain, bro? The so mom.
1: I just I have that's a tough that's time with that's that. That.
0: bull for a Pixar movie for kids. They made the mom the villain, dude. You know how yeah. crazy that is for a kid's movie
1: yeah and like we've seen controlling fathers right little mermaid great example but it's just like right it's just tough to do the extent to which they did it here was big i think then
0: you then i think i felt for felt empathy for the mom at the end though too i think they did a decent job of saying the Mm -hmm. pressure she felt you could talk about uh being a part of chinese ancestry all right and the expectations that are put upon you this is also what i'm saying like like these Pixar movies like do a great job of like giving you a look inside another person's world. And I, I really do think it did a good job of, and like almost everyone feels like parents like pressure from their parents. All right. They want them to do well. And there's also not, it's not a stereotype, I guess, but like there's people, uh, Like from China, they expect their kids to be successful, right? Mm -hmm. So it it does really nail that aspect. And it's almost like this, I said, ancestral trauma, you know, that this mom feels something and now passes it on to her kid. But you see the struggle of the mom herself trying to live up to it, even as an adult. So I think it kind of worked. It did have aspects that worked as well in terms of Pixar movies, supporting cast. The friend group was so freaking funny, bro. Yeah, I that, thought they were good. so funny. The girl, I think your name's Abby. The girl in purple is one of my favorite supporting characters in I, the history of Pixar. So movies. one of my
1: pros here is that girl. It was great. Like, and also She's the phenomenal. Um, I don't have the cast in front of me, but um, the one that was obsessed with the fluffiness. Of yeah, the her. <laughs> she was terrific. Like,
0: That's her. That's what I'm talking okay. about. She was but spectacular. I do
1: like, but I do like the uh, other two as well, especially the one that was like the first one to say, "Like, I won't go." She was like a good chill friend, like. Uh, different uh kind of positive vibes of only baby. Yeah. Like that was good too. So end of the day, like I did, like I did pros. Like there are some pros in this movie. That's definitely and if, a pro. There's,
0: there's some animation that's unbelievable here too. The cooking scene is so good mm. with Jin Lee, the father, like do, cooking the bok choy in the uh, frying pan there. You now him, him the slow-mo having yeah. like ratatouille vibes, like they know what to do. Pixar knows what to do when they're cooking. Right. Um, Any, like, quick final thought? Oh, you do. Yeah, I just just have one more
1: final thought because you mentioned it, and I know we're going to be going through all these movies, but you mentioned the setting. I didn't think it was particularly that great, and I'll tell you why. Pixar, you mentioned it. They've been branching out. They've been going. um, They're really diverse now. They're jumping into all avenues of the world, right? And I do think, all right, they did kind of do Chinatown decent, I guess I didn't think so though in Toronto, but Toronto, if you, would you know that would be Toronto if they didn't have the tower right there? No, you wouldn't. So what's the point of making it in Canada? I thought
0: thought it felt like Toronto. Like I know we've been to Toronto. It looked like Toronto, It felt like Toronto,
1: but it was it like a cocoa where you knew that like you knew where that was or was it like, you know what I'm saying? I mean,
0: what do you want? Like a Canadian flag at every street?
1: No, but what I'm saying is they they made it a point. They made it a point to say that this was in Toronto throughout the movie. They made it a point, but literally the yeah. only thing that made it like, and that's what Pixar does. They make, they always make it a point where they are because it affects their future. Like behavior.
0: Luca, you could tell on the, obviously the, the, the sea of Italy and the shores right. there. That's yeah. pretty cool. And it's,
1: it's a part right. of their strategy for their animation to make their animation better for their next movie is to that's test true. the boundaries. And here they, at least with the setting, I agree. they just did not do that at all. So I think that was a big letdown because why do I love these new pro- newer Pixar projects? It's not because of how good they are and how deep they're going, but it's also they're testing their own boundaries, not just with the stories, but also the settings. And here, I thought they didn't test it at all whatsoever.
0: Except for the, the Chinatown aspect was pretty cool. The Temple aspect was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And that's showing that someone that's not in China, like bringing their culture, their heritage to a place that's, that's cool. so unfamiliar. That you know, I think cool. that's what they're going for. But I agree with like the Toronto aspect. It didn't feel... It didn't feel important that it was in Toronto. You could have yeah. put this in like San Francisco. I thought it was in San Francisco for the first 10 minutes of the movie until they emphasized it was Canada. Uh, the 2002 setting, you know, I thought that was k- kind of important just because like these kids that are going over these emotional issues. It's a hot button issue today, especially with COVID and the type of learning, the interaction these, these kids are really getting. I thought it was important that it was like yes this was happening back then too and it still needs to be a point of emphasis mm-hmm. but Pre-phones. i think it's i th- did you th- want to throw out a score for this do you, you want to do that or do you want to just put in the tiers
1: so quick i'll just do a quick number yep this bottom the oh, worst tier of pixar oh and i'm going God. the rejects you're putting this in the i'm rejects? putting this in the rejects and it's going to be a 45 <laughs>
0: What Ricky? That is so crazy.
1: I I did not like this man. I really no, did not like this.
0: That is crazy. That is I, so crazy, Ricky. I
1: really did not like this movie.
0: I wanted you, more. You, did, ugh, you didn't I think want... it was at least funny? You didn't think the animation was good? Forty-five. I'm not gonna. That's your that's your score. I'm, I'm not gonna to tell you this that. is this is the biggest change like between me and you. I'm putting out a seventy-eight. Wow. I'm putting this movie at a seventy-eight. Like I, I I didn't think it was that bad. Holy crap. I that this has got to be the maybe but, our biggest differentiation. But why are we,
1: but okay, like, yeah, it looked good, but why are we giving so much credit to looking good? I feel like that's just the last thing you say on top of everything else is that the animation was good. No, no, what's good is oh, in the setting in Luca with the water under the underwater scenes or the scenes of it'll animation like,
0: spectacular there, yes,
1: yeah, like that's what I want to see. Not just oh, I like, gave
0: Luca like a 90, bro. I love Luca,
1: but like, oh, no, no, but I'm saying like. That's like actually what I'm when I use that credit. I'm that's what I'm saying it for. Not like, oh, it's Pixar, they have the best animation, so it's great. Sure, but that's by deep almost by default. Now I'm not going to add like scores uh, a bunch of my score because of it. And yeah,
0: no, no, I, I hear you. Maybe I'm giving Pixar too much recognition or too much credit, but uh, I did think it had some valuable themes and I thought I like how they're being bold with their stories. I like I think they really are, especially coming You're off right. like Soul. You know, I, I like a, it's something soul that's story. not going to. That's not going to, and like that's how that's bold animation. You look at Soul, what yeah, they exactly. the there. And I, I'm, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I. It's not. It's seventy-eight. I'm not giving it a ninety. <laughs> it's not. It's not in the mid-eighties. That's. It's a fine yeah, Pixar movie. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think I did all I could because I was I feel like I was playing devil's advocate that you were the movie. entire time. I was just like, well, this this this, and I was kind of bringing the artistic view into it. But I'm, we're also common man, bro. We're common yeah. man, and common man says this was not a very good movie. Just Audience kidding. score says it in itself. <laughs> uh, but what I do want to do, Ricky Flex, is that we're gonna place this movie along with the rest of the Pixar lexicon in our tier system. We're gonna have four different tiers as we um, head towards this final segment, we're going to have four tiers. The first one will be what we call the God tier. These are God level. These are the untouchables. These are the movies that when you think of Pixar, these are the first names that come to the tip of your tongue. These are the ones that are franchise builders, literally. These are the ones that have 3,000 hits, over 300 average, over 500 career home runs. Okay. Baseball's back. Baseball's back. Those are the that's the god tier. Next, our second tier. We have the Hall of Very Good, which means okay, maybe we're thinking about a six to eight time All Star. Okay, maybe they were the number five hitter, number two hitter on a championship winning team. Maybe they get in by the Veterans Committee. Maybe they get in on the fourth or fifth time on the ballot. But the Hall of Very Good, they don't quite crack that upper echelon. Maybe they're just shy of three thousand hits. The next tier, tier three, we have the good, just good. And I think that tier is one that, maybe they made one to three all-star teams, okay? Maybe they are not looked at as even like a sniffing that top tier, right? They're just good. They're accepted for what they are. And then tier four, we have the rejects, the ones, the forgettables, the one that no one cares about. It sounds like Ricky Flex wants to put Turning Red into the rejects but we won't go there yet. We won't go there yet. We're going to stop start with the top tier, the god level tier. Uh Ricky Flux, you have any questions before we hop into these?
1: No, I think I think I think we got it. I think this is good. I think you explained it well. I think I got it now. I'm ready to go.
0: All right. So, Ricky Flux, here's what I want to do. I'm going I have my tiers already set. I assume you have an idea of where you want to go with your tiers, is that correct?
1: I have an idea of like all right, the franchise builders, God level, boom. And I have an idea okay. for the rejects. I think the mill two is gonna be where there's gonna be a lot of controversy here.
0: So I'm going to I'm gonna list my tier one gods, right? Mortals amongst men. It's so hard for a modern day Pixar movie to enter this top tier. It's these are like the babe Ruths, right? The Lou Gehrig's. Right, the Cy Youngs, these are the ones that I'm, I'm just going to continue with the baseball um, connection here. And be back. But here's what I have. First off, Toy Story 1 through 3, all in God tier. Okay? Toy Story 1 through 3, God tier. Next, Ratatouille, God tier. Next, Monsters, Inc., God tier. Inside out, God tier. Finding Nemo. God tier. Up. God tier. Incredibles. God tier. And I have one more. Wally. God tier. I have ten movies, including Toy Stories One Through Three. That is my tier one. Ricky Flicks thoughts on those movies. Uh, anyone doesn't belong in that list i have a hard time for you to see any of those do not belong in god's here
1: how many pixar movies are there there's like 20 less 15
0: no there's more than that bro there's
1: like 20 I'll i have say. 1
0: 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 14 15 25 movies 25 okay I have ten in the God tier. It's very hard to crack the God tier. The only one that's made in the last ten years that has made this list is Inside Out.
1: So I, it's tough because I think I had one more on top of that to be on this level, like top I have, that That's the border
0: one I that too.
1: I have a top eleven to be considered, not not stapled, but considered in the God level top tier here. My problem is. How on earth do we put 10 or 11 names in this first tier already? You I have feel-
0: to. you have to. New, you have to, Ricky. These movies are too good. You think I'm bumping Ratatouille to tier two, bro? That's arguably my favorite. No, I think no. One. So,
1: I think, I think the ones that I'm a little questionable about. Go and ahead. It's gonna, and this is a hot take, so I'm going to put my hat on right here. To tell you, <laughs> you might want to buckle up for this one. I think up's a bubble god tier.
0: Did up get nominated for best picture?
1: It, that's what Michael Gio, uh, Michael uh, Giochino, Giochino won as a Oscar for. It. I think it's an unbelievable movie, but is it better than Toy Story one? Is it better than Toy Story two or three? Is it better? No,
0: no, that's why they're the first I'm I
1: named. I know, but like, I, I guess it's just the tiering of it. I guess I have a hard time giving 10 movies. In a, in a, the top, the God level tier, but I guess it's Pixar. So you have to,
0: I will say. If I had to pick one movie from the 10, I listed who could possibly go to tier two and swap with a tier one movie. It would be up.
1: Yes. And I will say that. And I, on my other, that's a
0: combination of great movie mixed with like childhood nostalgia. It's a mix.
1: So I completely agree. And my other issue here was just thinking out loud my thoughts when we thought, when you thought of this idea here was inside out. That's a God level movie, like insane movie. My only problem is if that's in the God level, I think Coco might have to be in there too.
0: Coco's on the bubble. Coco's that's the one on the bubble. What do you give away my top of my tier two Ricky flex? I'm sorry, Sorry. but I had to mention it. I know. So we have to make a decision here. Let me give you my tier two. Let me give you my tier two. And I might have to explain a couple of these because these are the tougher ones. That God tier, it's so easy to pick the best. And you might like have a borderline at the end, but this is what I have for tier two. Tier two, I had leading off Coco. Coco, the soundtrack's unbelievable, but the thing about being a tier one movie, you can't have too many. Double digits we hit, 10 movies. Am I going to put 11 in the God tier, I feel like it should be limited to 10. We talked about how hard it is to break up into that upper echelon of Pixar. And I was really between, as you said, I think Up and Coco were the ones I was rivaling against. I am open for conversation, Ricky Flex, but let's keep on going with tier two. We have Coco. I put Soul in the Hall of Very Good. I put A Bug's Life in the Hall of Very Good. And then I have one more film before I go on to tier 3. Can
1: you have an idea what your last
0: Toy film Story was. 4. Oh. Toy Story 4 in the hall of very good. That's you talk about reputation. Pixar, reputation, Toy Story 4, not as memorable an unneeded sequel. But was it worth going to a theater? I would say absolutely. I would. It's heartbreaking you don't see Woody and Buzz together. Okay? It is, and that's the reason I would probably maybe bring it into Tier 3. Maybe bring it into Tier 3 because you don't have that that iconic like uh, dynamic going on like you had in the first three movies, or at least one. Actually, they're separated from most of the movies, to be honest. But I have Toy Story just because it has the name, and I put Toy Story 1 through 3 in Tier 1. So that's my Tier 2.
1: Okay. I refuse to have Toy Story 4 in Tier 2. It's a Tier 3. It's a good movie. That's it.
0: Let's worry. Let's let's worry about task at hand. Let's go. Right, Coco. right. I'm
1: just saying. Um, Coco,
0: are you going to replace? Are we taking? Are we? So here's the deal. Do we put Coco into tier one? Don't put anyone into tier two. Are you comfortable with having over ten films in tier one? And then tier two, no, we can work on it. We
1: it's tier one can't be more than ten. That's it a cannot, lot. It's that's already like already too many. We we can't just do an odd number eleven like that. So what at the when end we, of the day. I think you're right. I, I think up over cocoa. I think you're right. It's just it's hard because and I do kind of pair. Black. Ins- I, do, black. I do kind of put inside out like as a pair with Coco. So like to have them separate is kind of off. Those are the new kids on the block,
0: right? They the came to play. The recent draftees, right? Taking over the league. Taking over the league. Number one overall pick. That lives up to the hype. And they just missed the top 75.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now, MBA. Yeah, now let's do that. So, okay. So, let's dive into tier two. What,
0: tier two. What is the one you thought I was going to list that's not Toy Story 4?
1: Oh, it's you. So, Luca.
0: You thought I wasn't ready to do it.
1: Okay. I wasn't so ready then, to do it. Uh, if then, if I had to guess your next one, then uh, cars.
0: I initially had that tier two, but I think that was based off strictly nostalgia. I think there's a lot deeper stories that Pixar has in their bag. Than cars, uh, the car sequels are so abysmal. This this where like the Toy but, Story? But cars. This where the,
1: sto- first one.
0: No, I'm talking about the first one. Yes, tw- I'll give it away right now. Cars three and a uh, two and three are both in tier four. Agreed. But I'm saying this is where I'm saying the name of the franchise matters. Toy Story. They still get these beloved characters. You still have a pretty menacing villain. Okay. You may not think it should belong in tier two, but I think it's better than a lot of the tier three movies, bro. Mm.
1: So I'm looking all right. But you
0: agree, you agree soul bugs life deserve to be tier two.
1: Soul is just an unbelievable movie Uh, in in and of itself. There's like a bunch of things that we just mentioned earlier, uh, like turning red that we have. So close to
0: entering that category of Coco and inside out. Very close.
1: Yeah, it's it's very close, but I think that just misses the mark. I think this is exactly where it is. Coco, yeah, we can't have more than 10. Put it in tier two. You have to have a cutoff. That's my opinion on it. That's our toughest decision. And for me, it's personal. A bug's life. I think this is the most underrated Pixar movie. Like this might be the most underrated. And I think what you said about the name recognition, a bug's life. I need to do a rewatch. I need to do a rewatch. But at the end of the day, I know I love this movie so much. I Ricky. love, the. I think the best, maybe the best Pixar villain of all time. We won't mention Ricky. his name, but we can't yes. put it in God level tier Ricky. two.
0: Ricky, you know how hard it was for me to leave off the first movie I ever saw in I know. theaters off of tier one? I, 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 I might have shed a tear, maybe it's- two. You know how hard that was? Where I looked at a Bug's Life and I had to cut it off with its brothers. I felt like a manager who scratched a player in Game 7 of the World Series that had devoted 10 years to the franchise. See, I I felt someone that was like like Pixar (laughs) in Bug's Life. Bug's Life is one of the first, bro. And it was a great story. It's got solid performances. It's got hilarious moments. But is it a better movie than WALL-E? with the themes that that explores Is it not. a better movie than Finding Nemo? No. Is it a better movie than Monsters, Inc., Ratatouille? No. It's absolutely no. not. So I had to swallow my pride. I had to do what was best for the tears, and I had to put it in second. And that's honestly me thinking with my head rather than my heart.
1: You had to do it. It stinks, but I'm proud of you. That is, that is a big decision you made. A Bug's Life, great movie, of very good but not God level.
0: Okay. Uh, So the, 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 the conversation here, as we carry over, we made the decision on Coco being the top of tier two, the hall of very good. And now we go on to tier
1: three. Wait, 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 sorry. We are
0: saying toy story four is still in the bubble. It's not confirmed. tier two.
1: Okay. But we confirmed tier one right now. Tier three. We have a confirmed tier one. Tier one is confirmed. Okay. Moving on,
0: man. We're going to get hate for the go, go pick. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm not looking forward to that. That could lead to our first major, major Twitter beef. Like we've had a couple, but this one could be explosive. Next. Leading off tier three, as you would assume, uh, Luca, I have leading off tier three. I loved it. I feel like I also have to recognize other audiences' feelings for the movie. Maybe not as much depth, but the animation's incredible. Luca, tier three. I love the setting. Beautiful. Cars, tier three. Incredibles two, tier three. I would say tier three is my second biggest tier, Ricky. So just giving you a heads up. I don't have a ton of rejects here. Turning red.
1: I have tier three. Yeah. No, stop right now. (laughs) Let
0: me finish. Let me finish. That is. So these are basically, I have honestly never seen brave, but I put it in tier three. I've never seen it.
1: We can't. So I have seen parts it's not a bad movie. It's not like turning red. <laughs> I'll say it that doesn't right have. Now. So
0: tier two is like, you're knocking at the door being very
1: good. So it, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, th- yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I'm saying tier three, it's like, okay, just solid movies.
1: Would, along, we can't along, throw brave as a reject. I, I don't Then I
0: also, I had onward tier three.
1: I love onward. I, I like it. I,
0: I, per, if it was to be a personal list, like this is not just like the Hall of Fame committee. It's not like I have to deal with uh, just my integrity on the line. Onward might be even tier two for me because I liked it so much and I thought Chris Pratt was amazing in his voice performance there. Also, taking on sort of adult themes, mature themes for kids. Mm-hmm. Finding Dory also tier three. And a movie I actually have never seen in the, the in its entirety. I have Monster University.
1: I've only seen parts. I'm sorry, but that will have to be a reject. Okay. Uh, If you are, Ricky, I haven't seen that movie. movie is tough.
0: But we talk about brand recognition. We talk about Monsters, Inc. in Tier 1. I know. I was giving it the benefit of the doubt. I've only seen parts. What puts it in Tier 4 for you?
1: Everything. It's a prequel that tried so hard to, like, put all these interwining storylines together. College, right? But it was mainly for kids. The scare factor at the end was kind of lame. Like, the climax there. I guess I'm not going to spoil anything there, but i kept it broad enough for you and that villain like the dean or whatever kind of lame not liking monsters inc with uh the spider guy and then also um what's his name randall so monsters you i don't even consider it like in the like it's a part of the monster. i don't like i don't like how you but, said that i don't like how you said that but
0: monsters you
1: <laughs> just i can't it's not <laughs> a good mo-
0: university of monsters
1: This movie's not good, so I can't put it in tier three.
0: Ricky, I trust your opinion wholeheartedly. Uh, Monsters University has been demoted and is off the 25-man roster heading into the postseason. They are going to tier four. So tier three, here's what we have, Ricky. Let me know if anything sticks out. Luca, tier three. Turning Red, tier three. Ricky, I know we'll talk about that in a second. Cars, tier three. Incredibles 2, tier three. Brave, tier three. Onward, tier three. Finding Dory, tier three. So turning red, other than turning red, do we have an issue with the list?
1: I think we're missing one. Toy Story 4, I think. I think, all right, let me just, let me help you here. I think you're doing great, by the way. Luca or Toy Story 4?
0: Luca, I uh, think. What? But I love the characters in Toy Story 4. Okay. Well, I do, I do, I do we'll think continue. it's a genuinely funny movie. It's a a great adventure, Mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. with characters we're familiar with, Woody and Buzz, Woody reuniting with Bo Peep, a story that we have been craving since Toy Story 2, and it was almost impossible to follow up such a critically acclaimed film like Toy Story 3, arguably the most acclaimed in the franchise, and one that was nominated for Best Picture.
1: Okay, just hold on here. Let me just keep going here. A lot to live up to. So Onward or Toy Story 4? See, like this this hesitation just makes me like proves the point where it should be with these
0: Toy guys. Story Four. I would take over onward. I think I have to rewatch okay. Toy Story Four. I have to rewatch okay. it. I have to.
1: Okay. They should have but, been in
0: the franchise after three. I get it. But
1: but I have I one more show respect I, to a goat. I know, but I have one more respect question. to a goat. I have one more question for you. I'm this might get flack from you. Cars or Toy Story 4.
0: Cars, I was thinking about. I I, think... I told you. I initially had it a Tier 2, but. The story's pretty skim. I think Ben, like Wilson is pretty legendary. iconic and dude, like
1: so Mater. You, you're made talking it. about franchises, right? And like what they've done after? Yes, two and three, they're gonna be in the rejects. But there's a reason have, they made them. But they have, yeah, exactly. It's so big, and it's because of this first one. Mater, Mater has his own shows and movies and stuff, like the Italians. Like I think Cars. Is more is it's getting diluted the value of that origin movie oh, because man. of the rest of what's going on that now. could
0: be in my brain.
1: It, it, it is, is in your brain, cry. I'm telling you, it's in there.
0: Scrambled eggs right now. I think this switched. is a lot of pressure. I made this list. This is a lot of pressure. <laughs>
1: but hey, you're it.
0: saying what it needs to be. I made the list. This has a, a heartfelt connection with me.
1: Okay. But if you hey if, if it's your list, hey, no, nope, it's our the list. I just then this, then is I like don't. The,
0: this is the temple. This is the template, not temple. This is the house that <laughs> okay, So what are we build. doing?
1: So, so are we doing Toy Story 4 or cars? Is that, that's the question here for tier 2 I'm or debating, both in tier three.
0: I'm debating. We just put Toy Story 4 into tier three. and Don't add
1: anything to tier two. Just have two, three movies in tier two then? Coco Soul I and I a I feel like site? there has
0: to be four. So here's what I'll do. Uh, you have sold me on the fact that Toy Story 4 will drop to tier three. You're right. I'll make the change right now. I have my doc. Boom. I have an Apple, so I have the notes app up. And you can't see it, but Toy Story 4 has been dropped to tier 3. Now, the question becomes I guess the conversation would be Luca or Cars into tier 2. That'd be the decision. And I would have to show respect to the eight time All Star Cars <laughs> over the three time All Star Luca. The like yeah. Cars has the credibility. There's a reason it has a franchise. I mean, Lightning McQueen is such an electric name for a character.
1: Amazing! It's
0: he looks cool. Mater's pretty cool. They're the
1: cable guy. Like, I'm not a big Larry cable guy, but like he's iconic for that.
0: Ricky, Ricky, we'll do it. Okay, I'm giving. So Cars deleted from tier three. All right, so here's tier two to finalize. We have Coco, Soul. That's a killer one too for a tier two. That shows that shows you how amazing your studio is. A bug's life an OG. In cars, cars. Yeah, that's our tier two. Okay. Finalizing tier three now into tier four. So tier three, kicking off Luca, Incredibles two, Brave, onward. Finding Dory, Toy Story 4, and this is the one that's being debated right now is Turning Red. Tier 3 or a reject? Like, is Turning Red a reject? You put Turning Red up against the Good Dinosaur, Cars 2, Cars 3, and Monster University. Do you put Turning Red into that category? Or is it just the bottom of Tier 3?
1: So my problem is, okay, that's your argument. My argument is, the way I'm looking at it is, do you put... Turning red with Luca. Incredibles two, finding Tori onward, Toy Story Four. No. So that's kind of silly. I do. Here. I don't
0: respect I, the tier three. I don't really respect that much, except for Luca. To be honest. Right? Turning Incredibles 2. I don't really respect. Nothing to do with like the gender dynamics. I gave there. it a 45. It was no <laughs> yeah, that is so bad. But I, I gave think it a 78. It's good. I gave it a 78. All right. No. You
1: gave me, all right. You've been, you've been kind of lenient with me here.
0: I feel turning red needs to be a tier three. Okay. Well, oh. like that's, that's because I am everything, every, every other pick is technically one that I made. So like that's why I'm, I'm leaning towards you. Cause like you would pick similarly, I think. Yeah. yeah it we've, feels we've like been... you're in agreement, but. Uh,
1: this is one yeah. where I'm not going to be with you. Uh, Like, like I'm with you obviously on the paper. But if you listen to the podcast, which you are right now, you know that I'm not with this pick, but I, we have to do it.
0: Turning red has to be tier three. Sad, but true. It's, it's going into different avenues for Pixar. It's getting bolder. It's going into more uncomfortable material. And it shows that they're not remaining stagnant or static, right? They're not. It's like what the MCU is trying to do. And we know that. They're trying to be more diverse with their storytelling, relate to as many people as possible, and find different avenues. Tier three is where I have it. A lot of people, I'm telling you, Ricky, a lot of people love turning red. So, like to have it in like tier four in the rejects, that would have been brutal for us. Like people would have came at us if turning red was in the bottom tier. They would think we're like misogynistic, bro. If we put it in tier four, we cannot do that.
1: You gave it a 78, so I guess you can't.
0: I said it's good. That's why this, we have the God tier, the Hall of Very Good, the good, and then the rejects. I don't think it's a reject, bro. You you think it is, obviously, but I don't think it's a reject. And even if it's a reject for you, my score tells you it should be in tier three. Um, Tier four, the good dinosaur, Cars 2, Cars 3, then Monsters (laughs) University. I am satisfied with this tiering. I think it's really good
1: yeah and I, I just for the record Monster university like i don't absolutely hate that movie i just don't think it's good and yeah i don't think it's good
0: it just doesn't belong yeah with those other movies and on the list it's so forgettable and a big part about pixar movies is the rewatchability. The mm-hmm. the come comeback to them they're on abc family or freeform you're able to go to it start watching no matter where you are and you're hooked pixar marathon. Is Monster University showing up on a Pixar marathon? No. You better believe it isn't, right? You better believe it isn't. So let me walk through the tiers one more time, then we'll get out of here. Tier one. Let's build up, actually. Tier four. The good dinosaur. Jeffrey Cars right. two. Cars three. Monsters University. Tier three. Luca. Turning red. Incredibles two. Brave. Onward, Finding Dory, Toy Story 4. Next, Tier 2, Coco, Soul, A Bug's Life, Cars, and Tier 1, Toy Story 1 through 3, Ratatouille, Monsters Inc., Inside Out, Finding Nemo, Up, Wally, and the Incredibles. Ricky, we might have nailed it. If we, The only thing that's holding this list back is Coco. Um, But we need at least four in each tier. If I had to look at tier one and tier two, I had to switch out another movie you talked about up. I think the next one, it's personally one of my favorites, arguably my favorite Pixar movie, but based on the way it's widely received and based on the performance of it's the first one and the third one, I think Toy Story 2 would be the next one up that you would have to switch.
1: Okay, this podcast might be over.
0: Wow, you think that's Toy what 42? I would have to switch?
1: Oh
0: my god! Toy Story One, iconic. Toy Story Three, also iconic. They didn't think it could outperform both of them? Okay, these other ones kind of stand upon their own, except for Monsters Inc. has a as a sequel. Incredibles, you know, belongs in the top tier. Talk about up leaving. I'm saying if Up was gone, Toy Story Two would be next up. Would be gone. And the fact that we have three spots in tier one taken up by Toy Story movies, I think that matters.
1: I'm just, that's, that's Tell me my logic. No. That's a hard no. Like a Toy Story 2 might be better than 1. The I problem, love it. I it love was,
0: it too. But people like the, People don't like the scale got a little too big. It lost some of the feel. the first one. Toy Story 3 kind of returned right to that like one setting vibe.
1: Mm, I see what you're saying, but I think they did it so well. That I loved it too, okay. bro. I'm just saying. I and told we you not. This not is, mm-hmm.
0: I'm just saying we're taking up three slots with one Toy Story movie in one tier. Three slots for the Toy Story franchise in one tier. Can't
1: three do three movies won't do okay. it. Shouldn't do All it. Right. If if anything, I would keep. Those I feel threes. like. I think. Oh, sorry, what are
0: you know. I like if I put Coco. Let's say I don't take a movie off tier one. Coco goes into tier tier one right? Tier two remains soul bugs, life cars. Then you're going to make the argument Does soul get in, you know, I you feel like it's just keep expanding. Yes. I feel like we're making a stand. This is like the elite of the elite Coco, newer movie, new kid on the block. Maybe over time, it's even receptive warm, like warmer than it is already. Mm-hmm. And so it's, I think that's the only thing that's bothering me, but other than that, I'm confident in the list
1: the cocoa that's the glaring like oh it's but one. um yeah That's like do a,
0: we put it oh. in tier one and just don't put anything down that's the, that's the decision honestly
1: bro. i think i think we do but then on the graphic we don't put it as that i <laughs> can see how people react
0: so you, you want to like test them and say like i want to see
1: how bad it is like as in like uh, the reaction to it i think that it belongs that's next to inside one. out Dude, I,
0: think, I think I'm fine
1: with just, it in tier two though I honestly am now I'm thinking about it villain didn't really like I'm I'm fine the with the danger
0: level to it
1: it was just the it's aesthetic it was like it was aesthetically pleasing the visual effects were incredible songs were great. songs were great oh the soundtrack oh man Frick right not as strong as a main character than these are yeah main um, protagonist here than the others though I will say that too I'm I fine with it too I'm fine I with think it. We,
0: we, I think we just live with the repercussions. Okay. We live with our we, we live and die by our, our decisions on this podcast. They are final. So that's gonna do it for our tiering Pixar. Top billing.
1: Oh, wait, wait. Sorry. Quick shout out to Bao. Short film. Unbelievable Ooh. short yeah. film. You know it, who directed it? Uh Pete. Uh, Crystal now. no. Who uh, no.
0: no, directed this movie?
1: Bao? Let me tell you? Stacy. Domi she. You know what she directed? Turning Red. Turning Red. Unbelievable short film. Ricky. Turning I, Red? I, I, not. No, unbelievable.
0: I, I, it, it belongs in tier three. I'll tell you that. Um, any other final thoughts before we log off from this episode?
1: This had to be done. Now, we, we live, like you said, we'll live with the repercussions, but I honestly, I love our list for the most part. I,
0: I feel like when people see the Coco, they're going to see they're, there's going to be a meme response michael cain some some men want to watch the world burn (laughs) like from that pick you know what um that's how we're gonna leave today's pod
1: all right well r.i.p to william hurt (laughs) William. r.i.p to william hurt legend and the batman go see it again
0: yeah this is knocked over batman's head over there uh That's going to do it for episode 81 of the Drive-In Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that be Apple Podcasts, whether that be Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever it may be. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube for clips on a weekly basis. Check out our spoiler review, our deep dive of the Batman with Big Mike. We go over character power rankings, predictions for the sequel. Uh, We talk about all our favorite scenes. It's great. And then uh, make sure you, if you haven't seen it, check out our spoiler-free review. We got all the Batman content that you could want on our feeds. Listen to them back-to-back. Episodes are popping right now. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, at the Driving pod. Okay, give us some TikTok ideas. We need to get flowing. We got Ricky shake uh, shaking on camera. We'll get him going. So that's going to do it for episode 81. Until next time, we will smell you.